Hey y'all, I'm Lucy. And I'm Jean. And we're from the Newsy Floozies podcast with CSPN Media. I know y'all are like, but that's not the podcast we clicked on. But bitch, this is what you got. It mm-hmm. is, it is. Because mm-hmm. we that queer black podcast you didn't even know you needed. Exactly. Two gay women. Oh my goodness. What are they going to talk about? Tune in and find out. We come out every Monday. We sure do. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Newsy Floozies. See y'all on Monday. The gay day. Hey. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned the title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, at 50 pounds Who different. are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown... Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Oh, and a sweet potato of some sort. So I can mix the sweet with the savory. Like that's all I need. I don't need potato. I don't even need white potatoes to be quite honest. But potato salad. Yeah, gotta have some potato salad. Got to. Got to. Got to, ma'am. Uh uh. <laughs> I was raised different. Hello, and welcome to episode two hundred and twelve of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hey. How are you, Didi? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Ready for the holiday. Ready to get my eats on. Ready for your potato salad. You know it. And mac and cheese. Well, oh, mac and cheese matters absolutely. We've we've been having a spirited pre-show conversation <laughs> about whether uh, potato salad is a year-round food or if it's a summertime staple. So I grew up having potato salad for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Didi thinks I'm a weirdo. It's it's very odd. I don't recall potato salad at all the family holidays. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, so give us some feedback on, uh, you know, if you grew up eating potato salad all year round or if it's only something that you have in the summertime during the cookouts and barbecues. So, meanwhile, this is the WrestleCast. We can be found on the CSPN. You can find the CSPN on the web at www.cspn.us. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. So, of course, Dee Dee, we had Survivor Series take place this past weekend. Thanks to everybody who joined us for the Retrocast, the Cast Takeover, and also Survivor Cast this past weekend. So, if you joined us for one or all the live tweets, we greatly appreciate it. So, we'll start with the Sunday event of Survivor Series. So, we start off with the pre-show. Hashtag say no to pre-show. Didi, did you actually tune into this? I watched part of it and I was very upset. Oh wow. It was so fucking long. <laughs> like long for no reason. <laughs> so the pre-show match has Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, the Ascension, the Lucha House Party, the Revival, and the B team representing Team Raw 
versus The Usos, The New Day, The Colognes, Sanity, and The Good Brothers. This was our tag team Survivor Series elimination match. So the Shadow Machine eliminates the Colognes. Gallows and Anderson eliminates the B team. Bobby Roode dumps Killian Dane and the Moonsault Netbreaker combo eliminates Sanity. Xavier Woods picks up the pace, tags in Big E, and the Assistant Splash eliminates the Ascension. Grandman Elite hits the rope walk senton and eliminates the Good Brothers. Jay hits a nasty looking Samoan drop to eliminate to eliminate the Lucha House Party. Gable and Jay are up top. Gable hits a super German release suplex to Jay onto the floor to the pile of people on the floor. That looks sick. It did. Big E tags in. He catches the Gable Moonsault and the Midnight Hour cut connects and they eliminate Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Xavier Woods heads up top and he jumps into the Shadow Machine and the New Day is eliminated. So we're down to the Usos versus the Revival. We get super kicks to both Dash and Dawson. The Big Splash connects and the Usos are the sole survivors and Team SmackDown are your winners. Here's my problem. The whole rest of the night, they acted like this match never happened. Mm-hmm. So why did I watch it for? I think that was miscommunication in the truck or somebody somewhere. Yeah, they couldn't just, I guess they were uh, operating under the premises of the Say No to Pre-Shows. And so nobody watches <laughs> the pre-shows, so it didn't count. Like a few times they were like, we're undefeated. You're not. We have the lead. You don't. Like, why did I watch it? What was the point? If we act like the whole shit just didn't happen. There's a figment of my imagination. Like, what? Much like Shimmer. (laughs) So then we get into the main show, Survivor Series. So we have Bailey, Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, and Sasha Banks. Team Raw. Versus Naomi, Sia Deville, Oscar, Carmelo, and Mandy Rose, Team SmackDown, and this is our women's Survivor Series elimination match. Tamina hits a super kick, and she eliminates Naomi. Carmel Carmella cradles Tamina and eliminates Tamina. Mandy Rose tags in and steals the elimination after Sonya Deville hit the running knee strike on Mickey James. Bailey eliminates Carmella with a Bailey to belly. The bank statement by Sasha Banks makes Mandy Rose tap, and she's eliminated. Bailey then hits a Bailey to belly to Deville on the floor, and both women get counted out. Nia Jax pushed Sasha off the top rope right into the Oscar lock, and Sasha is eliminated. So now we're down to Nia Jax and Oscar. Nia Jax leg drops Oscar a few times, then she hits a Samoan drop, and Nia Jax is your winner. And so Survivor and Team Raw is victorious. I mean, I guess. Uh, Naya has some heat. They hate her and I find it hilarious. Like, okay, she broke the girl's face. She ruined the plans in the moment. So what? Like, you don't have to be so angry. But I appreciate that she's not acting like Natty crying about it. You have to embrace the hate. Embrace. Yes, she's hashtag face breaker. She's, uh, you know, showing the fist and blowing on it and, you know, really playing it up that, you know, she's got the hardest 
punch in the women's division right now. I mean, seems to be. I just, you know, back to the match. I, I did watch those episodes of NXT when Asuka was undefeated, and I happened to know that included in her undefeated streak was Nia Jax. So, see, I, I remember. I didn't forget. Yeah, the crowd really went up for Asuka there at the end. They really wanted to see her come out on top for sure. I think there's something to, you know, we talk shit about the WWE fans, but I think that they are not always distracted by the shiny things. They do remember when Asuka was undefeated, and they remember that she's hot shit. And it's just, it's it's like it's like the, the people in the back want to break it down until we act like it never happened. But the fans remember, so... I was happy to see that. Next up, we had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth mm-hmm. Rollins as the United States champion faced off against the Intercontinental champion. They trade strikes. Nakamura hits a flurry and follows with a kick and reverse exploder suplex. He sets up for the Kinsasha, but Seth Rollins hits the ripcord knee for a two count. Rollins heads up top. He misses the high fly flow cross body. And we get a Kinsasha by Nakamura, but that only gets a two count. Nakamura looks for another Kinsasha, but Seth Rollins hits a pair of super kicks, and then he hits the blackout, and Seth Rollins is your winner. Mm, I don't really care about the match. I appreciate that the fans will still sing along to Nakamura's music. <laughs> like they're like, I'm not letting your remix change anything. I'm still gonna get these notes off. Exactly. Uh, this, did you see the uh, the whole outfit that uh, Nakamura had on underneath the shirt? I saw looking all sassy. I sure did. His <laughs> hand on his head. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the man pulls off a jumpsuit probably as good as or better than Elvis ever, ever could. Your face can never. Next up, we have a battle of the tag team champions as we have the Raw tag team champions, the Authors of Pain versus The Bar. We get an uppercut by Cesaro and then the bro kick from Sheamus gets a two as Drake Maverick puts Razor's foot on the ropes. They chase Maverick around the ring. He runs into the Big Show. The Big Show lifts uh-huh. him up onto the uh, by his neck up on the apron and Drake Maverick uh-huh. proceeds to pee in his pants. Uh-uh. While the bar and the big show are distracted by this, the AOP hit the powerbomb netbreaker combo and they steal the win. It was disgusting. <laughs> as, as a grown human being, whose idea was it? Oh, I know what's a good distraction. Ooh, take a drink. Uh, he'll pee on himself. And what grown ass man was like, you know what? We'll do, boss. Like, wh- where are you to advocate for yourself? <laughs> that man, hell no, I'm not peeing on myself in front of the world at Survivor Series. This wasn't even an NXT house show. Everybody saw this. Everybody knows you peed on yourself. Who does that on purpose? Yeah, it was definitely some interesting booking. Uh, to have him do that. I mean, I knew they were going to have something where him and Big Show would interact and they would play up on the, the size disparity, uh, differential, difference, excuse me. But uh-huh. I didn't think um, a grown man peeing in his pants would be the I mean, result. 
they have Leo Rush do it every day. <laughs> and, and somehow it never includes him urinating on himself. Like what? I'm I'm ashamed. I'm not even ashamed of the people who thought of it. I'm ashamed for of him for agreeing to it. Mm-hmm. Like the answer is no. Like no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't believe he agreed to that. It's time for the cruiserweight title match between the champion Buddy Murphy and Mustafa the second Ali. Second best match of the night. Mustafa Ali counters Murphy's law and lays in uppercuts, but springboards into a flying knee strike. Buddy Murphy hits the Murphy's law, and he retains his cruiserweight championship. Yeah, it took him a little while to get the crowd into the match. But mm-hmm. but they were going hard from the beginning, and once the crowd caught up to what they were doing, this was really a good match. Mm-hmm. It was very much like, yeah, this is what we've been doing the whole time. You're late. <laughs> now it's time for our men's Survivor Series elimination match, as we have Team Raw, consisting of Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, and Lashley versus Team SmackDown, Shane McMahon, Jeff Hardy, The Miz, Samoa Joe, and Rey Mysterio. Drew tags himself in, and Joe locks on the Kakina Clutch, and Drew escapes. Joe gets the Kakina Clutch again, but Drew escapes again. He hits a Claymore kick, and Joe is eliminated in the first 30 seconds. Boo. Boo, bitch, boo. <laughs> Ray, avo- Ray avoids the double stomp from Finn, and the 619 connects. The springboard splash from Rey Mysterio eliminates Finn Balor. Boo, bitch, boo. Shane is on the apron. He tags in. He looks to go coast to coast, and he hits it, and he covers Dolph Ziggler, and he eliminates Dolph. I approve. (laughs) Jeff brawls with Braun, but Braun eventually hits the big power slam, and Jeff Hardy is eliminated. I approve. Ray flies in with a drop kick. He follows with kicks and looks for a 619. But Braun catches Ray and the power slam by Braun eliminates Ray Mysterio. I also approve. Miz tries to rally Shane, but Braun Strowman steamrolls them on the floor. We get back in. We get the big power slam from Braun to the Miz, and the Miz is eliminated. I also approve. So Shane is left all alone, and he meets the same fate as his other teammates. As he gets power slammed by Braun and Team SmackDown is eliminated, Team Raw is your winners. I'm not mad that Raw won because you got Braun Strowman on your team. So, of course, you're going to win. But how they won, I do not like at all. Yeah, it wasn't the the most uh, impressive performance by SmackDown here. Um, after the match, while Corbin's in the ring celebrating, old Baron Corbin gets a cheap shot on him and uh, runs away. So, you know, Braun, by winning this match, per Stephanie McMahon, has earned a match with Baron Corbin for later on. So, Corbin is trying to, you know, get the one up on Braun. So. Mm-hmm. Then we move into... Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. The best match of the night. Rousey counters to suplex and rolls for an armbar, but Charlotte rolls to the apron. 
Rousey then hits the swinging slam and looks for an armbar, but Charlotte rolls to the floor again. Charlotte breaks the count. Ronda Rousey follows her out, and Charlotte then hits Ronda with the kendo stick for the DQ. (laughs) After the match, Charlotte kicks her ass with repeated kendo stick shots. The crowd starts to chant, thank you, Charlotte, after the savage beating. Charlotte gets a chair, and the ref stops her. Charlotte opts for the natural selection onto the chair. Charlotte (laughs) then attacks the ref and basically puts um, Ronda's chest and head in between the seat and back of the steel chair and stomped on it and Uh uh, basically left Ronda Rousey in the middle of the ring gasping for air, bloody beat up. And uh, the crowd was loving it. Totally on Charlotte's side. I... I said something in a tweet that um, wrestling fans love chaos more than they love anybody, including Ronda Rousey. Because you're never going to convince me that Vince and them thought that Charlotte was going to get cheers for what she did. And yet, we all as a group were of one accord and loved every bit of it. I know that it's very in vogue not to like Ronda Rousey just because of the path that she took and you know everybody feels she you know leapfrogged so many steps to get to where she mm-hmm. is as far as main roster rise mm-hmm. but for a woman who's only had like a handful of matches less than 10 she's really mm-hmm. good when it comes to the wrestling part of this mm. you know Charlotte can't have a good match by herself and right. I thought Ronda was right there with her step for step. I mean, they were really into, they picked up the intensity of the whole program when this match came back. Cause it was kind of ho-hum until this match. And then this match, it was like, oh shit, they going hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that a lot of people aren't thrilled with Ronda's push and where she is and, and, and how she got there. But I'm, impressed every time she wrestles to figure that you know she can go it's probably about 15 solid minutes with charlotte and it's mm-hmm. only like her sixth or seventh you know real competitive match you know not counting you know raw little matches where she beats people up or whatever but you know high profile match i, I think she's you know really good right now and, and, it's, got, and it's gonna only get better you know so it would have been cool to see her kind of fight from the bottom, bottom and, and come up and, mm-hmm. you know, as this, mm-hmm. as good as she is right now. But, you know, she, mm-hmm. she, you know, just has to accept where they place her. But I mean, it, honestly, she's very famous, so it's not realistic for her to start from the bottom. But when the four horsemen come and they're clearly coming soon, if at one point or another, there's not a problem with Shayna. Versus Ronda about why she had to go straight to the main roster. Well, she had to bust her ass in NXT. I'm going to be very disappointed because it's right there for you. It's it's clear and it's obvious. Like, you know, this company never does the things that's clear and obvious. It's like it's right there. A heel turn there for you. Because at the end of the day, Shayna Baszler is a heel. So how is you best friends with a face? Because they really do think Ronda is a face. So how... You you can't keep this going. This that's like DX being best friends with like I don't know. No, that's not gonna work because people like DX. 
maybe Rhonda eventually turns and is no longer the face. Maybe like I thought they were going to do it maybe on Monday when she came out and did her interview where she's going to be like, huh, you guys were booing the hell out of me. And then, you know, kind of go from there. But she didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So. She's not going to do that. She's too too deep into the phase of kissing babies and shaking hands and shit. She got a good another six, eight months before she turns heel. Okay. That's that's not happening anytime soon. Because the problem is, Charlotte's a heel now, essentially. We'll get there. But we like it. Becky's kind of like an anti-hero. Not really a heel, not really a face. We just love her and whatever she's doing. So you can't... Alexa Bliss is a heel. Corey is insistent that Sasha is still a heel, regardless of whether she likes Bailey or not. So you can't make Ronda, and then you got Nia and Tamina. You can't make Ronda a heel on top of that. Somebody got to be a face, which means Ronda got to be a face for at least six more months. Because they don't have nobody else. Yeah, until they, unless they, and I don't see anybody that's going to get moved up besides Nikki Cross. And And she's not going to be a heel or a face. She's just crazy. Yeah, by the time we get to, you know, Mania or Royal Rumble at least. So yeah, you're right. Derek, they do have a kind of uh baby face kind of major baby face issues with uh the women's division as far as Raw mm-hmm. goes. Mm-hmm. All they have is Bailey and Sasha when they want her. Right. And Natty, but she's too busy crying. And what Oh was... yeah, I forgot about them other girls. All them is heels too. Yeah, the riot squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't have no hardly no faces. It's disappointing that Bailey and Sasha don't get that big cheer no more, man, like they used to. They're taking them for granted, and they're gonna keep being taken for granted until they get that. Until really, until the tag team titles come out, and they're in that match and they tear shit down, they're gonna be put on the back burner because there's nothing exciting. They're exciting, but there's nothing that matters going on so like how much can you care really yeah Yeah, it just sucks that you know for me those four ladies becky charlotte uh sasha and bailey Mm -hmm. like they carried me through nxt when we first started this podcast they were like the Mm -hmm. main reasons i was watching nxt Mm -hmm. and shortly after that they got moved up to the main roster Mm -hmm. and they were doing great great things there and mm-hmm. you know, like you said, we had a lot of interest going into the Charlotte versus Bailey thing back in the summer, and they never did anything with it. And then from then on, I think everybody's just been like, you know, tell us when we're supposed to care, and we will. But until then, they just been kind of, you know, in the middle on those two. Yeah, because like I said, there's nothing for them to fight for. It's like you got Becky and Charlotte fighting for what they're fighting for. Now they seem like they're united against beating Ronda's ass. That's cool. Becky, I mean, Bailey and Sasha have really nothing. They're best friends, and Corey does his best to keep some interest going on commentary, talking about if you've got a knife, Sasha's got a bat. You know, but like that, it doesn't even have any conversation because there's nothing going on that would make her need to stab Bailey in the back. Like, there's nothing going on. Right, right. Well, Elimination Chamber's coming back up soon in a few months. This was where this all kind of first started off when, you know, Sasha eliminated yeah. Bailey in, in the match. So 
That was still stupid. You could have waited till you got rid of all your enemies and then push it out. <laughs> so maybe yeah. they'll maybe they'll revisit it if they're back in that match again or something at the Royal Rumble or something to get them to revisit it. But I'm like you though, if they do bring these um tag team titles in sooner than later, then you know, the main event, the finals for that should be Sasha and Bailey versus Naomi and Asuka and whoever wins just wins. Absolutely. Well, agree more. There's one more match on Survivor Series we need to get to. That was the main event. Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan, the Universal Champion versus the WWE Champion. Um, after Daniel Bryan takes about seven or eight uh, suplexes of various kinds and sorts, uh, Bryan chop blocks Lesnar and he slams his knee off the post. Back in, <laughs> Daniel Bryan goes up top and he hits a missile drop kick. The corner drop kick follows, but Brock cuts Daniel Bryan off, but Bryan counters into the yes lock. Lesnar teases tapping out, but he powers his way out instead. Bryan lays in crossface strikes and then locks the yes lock in again. Brock Lesnar fights, he escapes, and Bryan gets a triangle, but Lesnar powers up into the F5, and that finally finishes off Daniel Bryan. I hated this match. Until I realized it wasn't a squash match. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I could like this. It took about eight minutes for you to realize that, oh, they are going to let Daniel Bryan get one punch in. It took so long. And I was on Twitter and somebody was like, why would you ever doubt? And I was like, bitch, have you seen the WWE? What do you mean? Why would I doubt them in their booking? Hello? But I will say they did a great job with this. I was, because even though Daniel lost, he kind of won anyway. I was so afraid after that first German suplex when he landed on his yeah. head, neck, and shoulders. And he rolled over to the side. And all of a sudden, where Paul Heyman was, and Paul Heyman looks at him and his face turns up. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> he got one move in and Daniel Bryan's going to need that damn stretcher. Mm-hmm. But, um... Luckily, uh, according to all um, reports, you know, he came out unscathed, so he didn't suffer a concussion. He's not injured, so, you know, that's really good. Yeah, so, overall, what'd you think about the show? Two stars, but I'll give 205 boys, D-Brian Brock, and Rhonda, and what's her name, Charlotte, five stars. It's still two stars because you made me watch the pre-show and that was like negative seven stars. So I'm being nice when I give you two stars. It's average. Yeah, I thought it was about a, about a, on a scale of one to ten, I thought it was about a five, five and a half. Oh, I was on a scale of one to five. I'm not hateful. Yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah. It just, you know, SmackDown not winning anything except for the kickoff match really kind of put they a damper. Like didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Kind of put a damper on some things. It's like, damn, you know, Nakamura needs a win. You could have let him beat Seth. Seth's doing okay without, you know. Nakamura easily could have been a win. Raw men's was correct. Right. Raw, like, women's match really should have been SmackDown because we did have teamwork. Right. You know what I mean? And all you got to do is make Nia hit the little goalposts and take her little knee out, and she's a done daughter. So it should have been like half. And then, yeah, Brock going to win. And then it would have been more even. 
Yeah, I agree. A sweep of those boring ass people. Yeah, man. It's just Vince out here trying to get his one last lick in on SmackDown before they become the A show when they move to Fox next year. It's like they already the A show, boo boo. You're not listening. <laughs> First of all, your three hour show is never going to be the A show because it's three hours and people are tired. And yeah. it's on Monday. Yeah, so. it's been rough the past couple of weeks, man. Raw's been having me tap out at like 10 o'clock, 10 15. Thank God for YouTube. Mm. How have you enjoyed this hard stop at 11? Uh, well, I haven't quite made it to 11 yet, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm assuming if I do, you know, get there, <laughs> I'll probably be be really pleased because it's like hey I don't have to try to stretch another 15 minutes out of myself I can get to the end of the football game 15 minutes sooner than I usually do so that's cool Um, I just hope that it makes for them to have more concise storylines and less bullshit but Mm -hmm. that really didn't serve the purpose on this edition of Monday Night Raw though Mm. So we'll get into Monday Night Raw. Again, everything is taking place from Los Angeles this week. So the same venue, again, same as SummerSlam, same as TakeOver for Monday Night Raw. Baron Corbin comes out. He boasts about Raw's dominance at Survivor Series. Of course, he's kissing Stephanie's ass as he introduces her. Steph talks about dominating SmackDown at the pay-per-view. She praises the Raw family and says Shane had to try to cheat to win. She promises a celebration, but Corbin wants to discuss the promises that Stephanie made him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of those promises, this when Braun comes out <laughs> and and he tells Stephanie that he held up his part of the bargain and now he wants his match with Baron. Stephanie agrees and she books Corbin versus Braun for TLC. If Corbin wins, he becomes permanent GM of Raw. If he loses, he loses all authority. Braun is allowed to pick the stipulation and he won't be held liable. Then Braun asks about his title shot that he was promised and Stephanie says that he will get his title shot at Royal Rumble if he beats Baron Corbin at TLC. Braun agrees and he welcomes Corbin to Monday Night Braun and says at TLC they will have a TLC match. Corbin then books Braun versus Lashley and Drew in a handicap match. But then Stephanie steps in and she changes it to Drew, Corbin, and Lashley versus Elias, Braun, and Balor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in an elimination match right now. Bless her for knowing the heart of every girl who listens to the WrestleCast. <laughs> so um, that would be a dream team as far as uh, Creepcast go in the Didi Jonay book. Elias, My Braun, book, and Balor. Tatiana. Also, as well, Tambien. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jay would have been down had she seen it live. And that's three off the top of my head. I know all of us women walk with Elias. So it had to be more than just us three. Mm-hmm. But those are the three I can confirm. So we have this elimination match. Um, we get a Claymore by Drew to Finn Balor, and Finn Balor is eliminated. Elias chases Leo Rush, but Lashley hits the spear, and Elias is counted out. So now Braun is left all by himself. Braun power slams Corbin for a two count as Drew breaks up the count with a chair for the DQ. Lashley spears Braun on the floor. Drew then beats down Braun as he and Lashley double-team Braun. 
They slam Braun into the steps, and Corbin joins in. We get a Claymore by Drew, and then they slam Braun into the steps again. Corbin follows with chair shots as Braun begins bleeding. Corbin takes off his belt, and they tie Braun's arm up, and Corbin crushes it with the steps. And Braun is on the... uh, you know, ground as they walk away, talking about he can't feel his fingers. Um, so they all, you know, go up the step, go up the ramp. Lastly, Corbin and Drew, and they all do the brawn roar as they're standing at the top of the steps, very pleased with what they've done. And now Drew McIntyre into the ring to prey on an injured Finn Balor. Good night, Finn. Finn's uh, half his face maybe in the second row. Finn Balor has been eliminated. I don't know why you wish physical harm on the hype man. He's ridiculous. Look at that. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but he's not going to get away from Elias here. Leo's just an innocent bystander. Referee at a count of eight. Elias can barely move. Counted on by the official. And Elias has been counted out. Elias has been counted out. Therefore, he is eliminated. Look at that pose. It's now three on one advantage for Lashley, McIntyre, and Corbin. Oh, and a night where Ronda Rousey will join us after Uh-oh. a beat down at the hands of last night. Strowman looks to eliminate Corbin. Here's the cover. Hook of the leg, and it's Drew McIntyre with a chair. Well, for Drew McIntyre just got himself disqualified. And now Bobby Lashley continues the assault. So McIntyre has to leave the ring, but obviously he has no intentions of doing so because McIntyre continues the assault with a steel chair. And now a double team. More of what we saw last oh. night from this trio, Corbin Lashley and McIntyre. Oh my God, right across the spine. Drew McIntyre, who's had his issues with Strowman. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And now Bobby Lashley oh. with a spear. The monster's down. What, what is Corbin doing? No. Oh my God. Oh my God. Look at end Strowman's career. Look at this. This is like a scene out of a horror movie. Come on. Strowman obviously in agony. I mean, his elbow might be shattered. I can't feel my hand. Come on. I cannot feel my fingers right now. So the news is Braun is injured. For real, he has uh, some bone spurs or something in his elbow. And so Mm -hmm. he's going to have surgery next week. And they're hoping that he will be back in time for TLC. Listen here. The hell up bone spurs. Let me Google. 
I'm pretty, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, it's probably something he's had for like the last like few months, probably like six months or so. And it's probably just gotten to the point now where it's like, okay, I got to get something done. It's just you gotta take better timing. He could have did all that shit while he was being in a three man tag with Dolphin. What's his name for one month doing fuck all? <laughs> you're so stupid. Seth Rollins comes out. He thanks the fans for Survivor Series and says last night was the sixth year anniversary of the Shield. He says that they have ran this place and he reflected after his win last night. It's made the situation with Dean that much worse. Dean hasn't faced him like a man and explained himself. But at TLC, they will finally face off. He heard Dean last week and watched him burn his vest. Dean says he's the same guy and Rollins says you think you know someone but his WWE Network special revealed a lot to him. He's talking about Dean's Network special. He didn't know things that were revealed because Dean wouldn't talk to him while he was out. Dean says he loved WWE, but Rollins didn't know he could love. Dean has been hiding and talking, but tonight Rollins is feeling aggressive and calls out Dean for a fight. Dean appears on the big screen and says that he won't run out there and give Rollins what he wants. Things have changed. The Shield did more harm than good, but nobody knows what they were like behind the scenes. They were rotten people. Time caught up to them, and they will all pay and get what they deserve. Look at Roman. He has to answer to God now, and now Rollins has to answer to him. Dean is backstage and tells Rollins to come and find him. Rollins charges backstage. Rollins searches for him, but no one has seen him. A security guard gets uppity with Rollins, so Rollins just kicks his ass. So, we're going to be playing a game of uh, hide-and-go-seek all night between Dean and Seth Rollins. You'll be shocked at how it turns out. (laughs) We have a tag team match between Tamina and Nia Jax versus Sasha and Bayley. Bayley heads up top, and the high cross gets a two count. We get a ref bump, and then we get the knockout shot by Nia as she tags in and runs over Bailey. Sasha makes the save. Nia fights them off. Then Nia hits a Samoan drop, and Tamina and Nia Jax get the win. Tamina and Nia Jax are a really good tag team together. I'm glad that they decided to put them two together. That the visual of those two together is very impressive, and I'm glad that they're keeping them really strong. It is funny because standing next to Nia lets you know how little Tamina is. <laughs> but you never consider her little. Like they're both two big girls compared to everybody else. But Tamina's not that big when you compare her to Nia. But they're both beautiful Samoan adjacent women. Yeah, Nia Jax is really impressive. <laughs> like, you know, because we all know how big Tamina is. And then, yeah, she does make her look like a regular size. Yeah. For sure. Ambrose appears back on the screen and he says he's waiting for Rollins where the shield used to call home. Rollins searches for Ambrose and finds a door with burn it down written on it instead. So we go back, have a flashback to Drake Maverick peeing his pants at Survivor Series. This leads to people making fun of him and catering. And this leads to Bobby Roode and Chad Gable making bad jokes. Maverick (laughs) says you're in big trouble. And they make another urine joke. Get it? Urine. (laughs) (laughs) 
the Lucha House Party. They face That is an awful name. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> okay. Terrible. Didi does not approve. Awful. The laziest name I could ever creative because how did you even come up with it? But lazy because what does it even mean? Well, if you watch two oh five, whenever nobody does. Right. But when I was this was just forming, and basically they were like doing these three uh, six man tags, and they were always come out with all this high energy, and they was you know dancing around and having a good time, and the announcers would always say, "Oh, it's a party, it's a party," and then that's just kind of how they formed into the Lucha well, House Party. Why is it a house party though? I don't know. Don't nobody want to clean up after them. <laughs> so the Lucha House Party faces off against Revival Dash and Dawson. This is a Lucha Rules. Lucha House Rules match, which means it's three on what two. It, it means it's a handicap match. Okay. <laughs> Grand Metal Elite trips up Dawson as uh, El Dorado works over Dash. Dash cuts him off and they play with the pinata. Lindsay Dorado hits a shooting star press and the Lucha House Party gets the win. Poor revival, man. I mean. See what happens when you see what happens when you get injured, man. See what happens when you don't just stay your ass in NXT. (laughs) I don't know if they have any control about that, but listen to Champa. Stay your ass in the (laughs) stay in the black and yellow. Man, they look like they were gonna win the tag team championships at the beginning of this year. Now they're doing Mm -hmm. jobs to the Lucha House Party. Damn. Seth, he's still looking for Dean, but he's not successful. He says Dean went too far bringing up Roman and plans to make Dean pay. Titus then says he saw Dean just right there, and Seth starts to run after him. Ronda Rousey comes out. She's all smiles. They chant for Rousey and then for Becky. She says at TLC, she will defend against Nia Jax, and she knows that Nia is dangerous, but she plans to tap out Nia and will then go after Charlotte. Some way, somehow, she will find her and they will finish what they started at Survivor Series. She's not here to uh, hit poses or play the sympathy. She will show us who a real champion is. She says she won't pick opponents and will fight even if she's not 100% to prove that she's a real champion. She issues an open challenge and says if she can't defend her title, she doesn't deserve to be the champion. Baron arrives and denies her request to protect the TLC title match. Rousey says she doesn't care and refuses to pull out of a fight because she's the baddest bitch on the planet and demands a challenger. Or maybe Baron wants a shot. Corbin agrees to allow her to compete. So we get a match between Ronda Rousey versus Mickey James. Ronda hits some takedowns and then three proper pit slams and then the arm bar finishes off Mickey James. Nia Jax and Tamina arrives as Nia Jax shows her fist to Ronda Rousey. This left a little bit to be desired for me. It's it's useless and it's stupid. And it also minimizes the beating that Charlotte put on her yesterday. And plus also she managed to shave Brock Lesnar. In her whole of champion fights every night. And it's like, well, we know he don't. So, hmm. 
Yeah, she shouldn't have wrestled at all. She should have been at like, all. beat up, beat down. Yeah. Like, she shouldn't have yeah. even been on the show because, in theory, when Charlotte stepped on the chair across her throat and chest. Her trachea should have been bruised. Right. To the point where she couldn't even get on the goddamn microphone. <laughs> Actually. Right. Right, and they should have kept her off of TV for like two weeks, and then she comes back and is all mad and stuff against Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But I guess because you have to always, you know, promote these upcoming matches, that like, nope, she's got to be out here to talk about the match against Nia. Mm-hmm. So, Stupid. yeah, not really good booking there for that one. We get the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Authors of Pain, facing <laughs> off against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Chad Gable manages the hanging armbar on the ropes as the crowd starts to chant AOPP. Bobby Roode tags in. Bobby Roode runs wild for a bit and he gets a cover for a two count. Bobby Roode then fights off both men as Razor runs into the post. The Skull and Bones moonsault is countered, but Chad Gable hits a flying sunset flip for the upset victory as Rude and Gable defeat Authors of Pain. Still need Chad Gable to get a little bit better gear. Needs to like maybe invest in a robe if he's going to be out here with Bobby Rude <laughs> to kind of match the aesthetic of Bobby Rude. But it was uh-huh. a good win for them. I'm glad they finally gave him something. So we get to our Dean is in the back. He's cutting a promo as he waits on Seth. He's called Seth a lunatic running around and whining. And he makes jokes about people smelling. Seth says that he's leaving because he's got an early flight in the morning. And he's just fed up that he hasn't found Dean. So he's just going to stop looking. We have DD's fave Natty versus Ruby Mm -hmm. Riot. Natty gets Ruby in the sharpshooter when Liv pulls Ruby to the floor. Back in the ring, Natty counters a cradle into a, her own roll-up, and Natty gets the win. That's shocking. Uh, then Michael Cole makes an announcement that Braun has suffered a shattered elbow. So there's your injury. So Braun is out of commission for a little while. Dean, thinking Seth has left, makes his way out into the ring. Dean says that this was way too easy. He knows the fans want to see Seth beat him up because he turned on them and all of their dirty children. You <laughs> you would all do the same for money or free meal. He's justified well. in what he's done, and he's nothing like the fans. They make him sick, and Dean says they smell, calling them phony L.A. garbage. Seth comes back, and he rushes to the ring. He tackles Dean and dumps him to the floor. He hits a suicide dive, and then he starts raining down the fist on Dean. Refs try to break it up, and Seth hits a super kick, but Dean hits a low blow, and then Dean lays out Seth with a couple of dirty deeds. This is too easy. Oh, so you all want to see Seth Rollins come out here and beat me up, huh? Let's see Seth Rollins get his hands on me. Because I turned on him. And because I turned on Roman and I turned my back on all of you and your dirty little children. Come on, guys. <laughs> Let's be real here, all right? I know that every single one of you, given the proper motivation, would have done the exact same thing. Heck, 
you would stab your friends in the back, you know, probably for money or judging by the looks the most of you, probably for a free meal, you would stab your own family members in the back. Hey, at least my reasons were justified, all right? I know people like you people. I've been around people like you my whole life, and I am nothing like you crummy people. I don't feel sorry for myself. Have you listened to yourselves lately? You're so emotional. The way you cheer your little hearts out for Seth Rollins makes me sick. No, literally makes me sick to my stomach. Makes me want to throw up. And what is that smell? What the hell is that smell? I can smell you all the way from back there. You know what that is? That's a giant steaming pile of phony L.A. garbage. Look, I know you... Wait a minute! I know you people... The wrong left. No, Seth Rollins! Didn't come out here... <laughs> I know you people didn't come out here expecting to hear someone tell you all about yourselves. Where are you going, buddy? Rollins is on his way out. Seth Rollins is, is here. Okay. And now Ambrose looks a bit concerned because here comes Rollins. The cake slider on his way to the ring. And Ambrose meets him there to take down by Rollins. And finally Rollins gets his hands on Dean Ambrose. And Ambrose knocked out of the ring, but Rollins isn't done yet. Ambrose driven into the barricade. Rollins is here for a fight. The Kingslayer unleashing all of his vitriol on Dean Ambrose. And finally some officials out here to try to break this thing up. Ambrose looking to scramble throughout the WWE Universe here at Staples Center. And Rollins isn't done yet. up inside for weeks and weeks and then the comments from Ambrose tonight have driven Rollins wild Seth Rollins has come unglued this looks like it's exactly what Dean Ambrose had planned Dean Ambrose runs into a boot I don't think Dean planned to get kicked in the mouth he didn't plan that but he certainly got under the skin of the Kingslayer and Rollins going for the stop but Ambrose with a low blow Ambrose did that went low the desperate maneuver I was trying to talk to your people don't ever interrupt me again you want to talk you want to talk 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 oh my god dirty deeds Dean's not done yet. A second one from Ambrose. And that was your Monday Night Raw from L.A. This show was not good. (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) This show was not good at all. I think the only thing that was really good was uh, Elias' little part in the beginning there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really about it. There really wasn't anything like even like 
entertaining. Like maybe the little part yeah. where the crowd starts chanting AOPP. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but as far as like anything else, nah, this was definitely a, a hangover show from Survivor Series. <laughs> so at this point, Miss Didi Jeunet, I'll turn it over to you so we can talk about SmackDown Matters. Hey, hey, okay, so Charlotte comes out. They have played the highlights of Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. She gets on the mic and she says, you should be, because they're going, thank you, Charlotte, the, gr- the crowd is. And Charlotte says, you should be thanking me because she put the baddest bitch on the so-called planet. Oh, she said she put the baddest beating on the so-called baddest bitch on the planet. She said, if you think you're going to get an apology from Charlotte, she ain't sorry. Because she enjoyed every second of beating her ass. She said she did it for SmackDown, her girls, and Becky. She said last Sunday she fought for, for Becky. And she gave Ronda the beating that Becky would have would have. So, she said on Sunday, Ronda bowed to the queen. So, Paige arrives and says Charlotte doesn't have anything to apologize for. And she speaks for the fans when she says that we all enjoyed it. And she says, if Charlotte says, if Rousey gets in her business, she will put her head in another chair and stomp away on it a million times. And no one's going to stop her. And then Paige is like, okay, girl, you snapped and no one can stop you. That's fine. But you attacked Rebs and you can't do that. So, and everybody's like, oh, bitch, you about to like put her away for 30 days. No, no, no. Paige has no choice but to find her $100,000. Charlotte isn't impressed. The double iconics arrive. They make fun of Charlotte for what happened on Sunday. She said they said they know that they are Paige's favorites and they want to do her a favor and take that one hundred thousand from Charlotte. And Charlotte promises to make one of them the next Ronda Rousey. So Charlotte fights Billy Kay, aka not Don's favorite, right? Right. Yes. So Billy fights off the figure eight, goes to the floor. Charlotte follows, rolls back in, but then Billy, Billy runs out of the side. Peyton distracts Charlotte. Ooh, take a drink. And Billy K attacks. Back inside, Billy lays in strikes, and there's a cover for two. K then kicks Charlotte into the buckles. She hits the middle buckle and lays the boots to her. Peyton gets involved again, and Billy hits another kick and cover for two. Charlotte hits a fallaway slam, the natural selection, and gets the win. Afterwards, Charlotte. Is like maybe the two of you will make up one of Rhonda, Peyton, why don't you fight me? So after a little bit of hesitation, Don's favorite does get into the ring. She hits a knee strike and that gets a two count. She lays the boost to Charlotte. There's another cover for two. Charlotte cradles Peyton for another two count, but voices a clothesline. She gets a two. Then she chokes Charlotte out in the ropes. Billy K attacks and then Charlotte hits the big boot. I guess this happened on the outside because then Billy K runs in for the DQ. The double iconics attack post-match, but Charlotte spears them both and repeatedly slams them onto the announce table in concert and individually. Charlotte then slams them onto the steps and tosses K over the announce table and does the same to Peyton. And then Charlotte poses on the announce table like the thug that she is. How did you feel? Were you sad? I was very sad. They got my favorite out here being a jobber, man. Just treating her all kinds of ways, throwing her around the, uh, over announced tables and just not good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> Next, 
Next, Miz welcomes us to Miz TV. He says he was honored to fight alongside Shane at Survivor Series. Shane comes out. Miz is like, why don't you do your little, sh- your little shuffle? Shane's like, I would, but pain. <laughs> Miz praises Shane's pay-per-view performance, heavily kissing the booty. They fought to the bitter end on Sunday, sacrificed it all. Miz keeps saying, we. And he says, we went coast to coast. Miz says he's a team player, and he was there to motivate Shane. Shane says, happy to be here. Do you have any questions? Miz says they are, they are the best in the world together. And ask him if they can team together. Miz wants to be a tag team. He said they could be something, the best team in the world. Miz saw a true fighter at the pay-per-view and a real champion. Shane is flattered. And Miz says he already talked with Paige about them teaming tonight. So they have a match. It's Shane and Miz versus Jimmy and Johnny Boots and Tights. They sound familiar. Um, no, that's just a generic name I use for all the um the jobber people. Um uh, they were called the that. Bryant brothers, and one of them was like one was like Dane and something Bryant. So trying to play off Bryant. Kobe. Yeah, trying to play off like Kobe because they're in LA. Uh, I get it. I really liked it better when I thought they were boots and tights. <laughs> Because remember, blue pants was a thing. So Yes, blue pants was a thing. You know, it could have shimmy and Johnny boots and tights. I like that. Anyway, Miz starts, takes control, and poses. Then running boot connects, and Miz does Shane's dance. A DDT follows, and Miz wants to tag in Shane, but Miz gets cradled for the win. In case you didn't understand me, that means Jimmy and Johnny boots and tights beat the Miz and Shane McMahon. Look at this. I, this is great teamwork right here from Miz and Shane. Miz is doing a lot of work. It's oh. great. It's effective, isn't it, Sax? Well, Fire, it's certainly Look different. And, and stealing oh, Shane's like, shuffle, too. And Shane is out there being a survivor, with giving, providing all the moral support. Hold on. Stop. It's one thing for him to say, oh, let's be best friends, but Miz, hold on. Boom, with a DDT. Even, even Dane's impressed. Shane did all the Phillips, work at Survivor Series. I want my voice to live on in this moment forever. You oh my two God. just stop talking. Miz is taking on a couple of goofs here, and Shane McMahon's just watching. It's the first time ever the Miz and Shane McMahon are teaming up together. This is a moment. This is just a public PR campaign for the Miz. Hey, wait a minute. No, wait no, a minute. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Dave Bryant has beaten Miz. Oh, my God. Here are your winners, Wayne and Dane, the Bryant brothers. How did that happen? Can we, can we get a recount? What do you mean? I, I need a replay. I, I'm not entirely sure that the referee was in the right position. What happened is that Miz's ego got the best of him. You know, Byron, Miz showed real true grit and inspiration yeah. here in this match. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, he was just, <laughs> the Miz was absolutely amazing. He truly showed us why he is two-thirds the best in the how, world. How on earth would you guys mock what we just saw? Shame it, man. Looked like the way Ronda Rousey should have been moving in super <laughs> slow motion. <laughs> Because Shane is what? 50. <laughs> uh, the New Day are dressed like pilgrims, and there's a ton of Thanksgiving food in the ring. There's banter. Kofi makes fun of the champions for losing at Survivor Series, while Foods has on a 6-1 t-shirt. Then 
there's a match. It is the New Day versus Big Show in the bar. It is a Thanksgiving feast fight. Your annual holiday food fight. It breaks down because, of course, it does. Big E knocks Big Show from the apron onto the table of food because, of course, he does. There's a bro kick by Seamus. He grabs a turkey, but it misses Kofi. Kofi knocks him to the floor, and Kofi hits Seamus with a turkey off the table and puts him through a table. Then Big E uses the turkey and punches Seamus with it and pins him. New Day then work over Cesaro in the, in a, in the actual food fight post-match. This is childish. There are starving children in Africa and in Los Angeles. Why are you wasting turkeys and shit? Especially two days before the holiday. They can waste all that cranberry sauce they won't do. I don't know how they don't nobody wants that, that cranberry stuff. sauce. Tell you what though, they made a homemade cranberry sauce with um cognac. So it's boozy. <laughs> sounds, it was great. Sounds interesting. It was amazing. He said it's simple. This is my co he ain't really my coworker, but we work in the same building. He said it's simple. You take the bag of fresh cranberries, you put it in the thing, you take some orange juice. You boil it together. Did he say sugar too? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. You boil it together. Then when it's done, after some of them pop a little bit, just put some cognac and then you cook it for about five more minutes. The alcohol cooks off a little bit, but it's still boozy. It was amazing. Everybody walking around the office tipsy like, why I feel so good? When I tell you, I was like, ooh, late to the side. It was crazy. It was amazing. So I'm just saying, if you want some of us in the real stuff, try a little liquor up in it too. It'll make it better. Uh, but how did we feel? Did we care? We didn't because it's just the annual food fight. Yeah, it's just um, being silly. I did like um, them walking to the ring dressed as the pilgrims and then the turkey comes by dancing and it was our truth. That was good. That's funny. Uh, did all lives Orton feel some way about Rey Mysterio? He might have thought that he was an immigrant and that's why. Maybe. Next, Oscar and Naomi versus Mandy and Sonya Deville. They run the um video of when Mandy eliminated Sonya from some match that they had. The Battle Royal it's, Evolution. Sh- sure. Basically playing up that even though they're best friends, they have some problems at the moment. So, Oscar runs wild on Mandy. Mandy bumps Sonya to the floor by accident, and Oscar follows with a knee strike and a German suplex. There's a shining wizard that gets two. Then Sonya tags herself in. And then her and Mindy almost hit each other. Then they get to arguing. Um, Oscar kicks somebody, I think. Yep, and she kicks Sonya in comes. the face. Mm-hmm. She kicks Sonya in the face. Before Mandy could interfere, Naomi came in and gave her the little butt bump. Got her out of the way. And then Oscar puts on the Oscar lock and Sonya taps. Boom. I like it. I would like it better if there were tag titles so that it meant anything to anybody. But that's just me. I love Asuka and Naomi as a tag team. I like that they kind of have like matching gear now. Like they both come out with the fur coats and their gear is kind of the same color and stuff. They got mm-hmm. like tandem moves together. They're really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. They are. I cannot wait for the day when Naomi like drops some Japanese for our asses and just like shakes the table. It's gonna be amazing. Because if Asuka's already learning about bundles, this is about to be a good ass cultural exchange, all right? 
All right, so finally, Sonny Bryan arrives. So he's going to have a match at TLC versus AJ. He says that he doesn't expect these people to understand. Explanation is not for them. His act of betrayal was three years in the making. He gave up on his dreams when he retired, but he does not accept failure. He realized his mistakes and decided to fight and spent hours in a hyperbaric chamber every day. During that time, he focused. He fought for his dreams and it worked. Against all odds, he's here. He received the loudest reaction he ever heard. But for those people, it was just a moment. They weren't part of the struggle. They weren't part of the pain. He ain't going to move on because these people moved on as they cheered for AJ. Fans are fickle, big facts. And the yes chance grew quiet. And when the rough was down, he didn't give up. And when his dreams took over and did what they were programmed to do, he kicked AJ in the balls. His dreams made him realize that he didn't need these people. And they told him he didn't need to beat Brock to win. He won because he allowed Brock to beat the weakness out of him. A new man has emerged. The old Daniel Bryan the fans loved is dead. The yes movement is dead. And all that remains is the new Daniel Bryan, the WWE champion. The only thing that matters is that you never give up on your dreams again. You liked it? You loved it? Dreams did it, did it turn into nightmares. Listen. Listen. They say something about living long enough to see your heroes become the, the enemy. <laughs> right. Yeah. All it took was time. He was married to Brie Bella. She are extraordinaire. <laughs> he looked a lot like uh, he stepped out of 1993 with the way he was dressed. Mm-hmm. And he had crazy eyes like Luke Harper. Tell me what 93 means, because in 93, I was not quite 10 yet. So I don't know if you're oh, referencing something uh, that's looks like, my head. No, it looks like he stepped right out of uh, um, uh, grunge era, 1993. Okay, the Nirvana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Cause he had Seattle, on, yeah, he had Wayne. on like a flannel shirt with like some type of like corduroy looking sweater. I see where you're going with it. The <laughs> visual is perfect. Yes, I understand. Um, your final match of the night was All Eyes or Orient versus I'm actually an American Rey Mysterio. Ray hits an Enzigurian head scissors. The six one nine follows or rolls to the outside. Ray did something. That your notes say is the sliding splash. Yeah, it's where he runs and does and slides in the ring underneath the rope, and he usually lands on them with the splash. I don't know about that. You haven't Either seen way, it? I don't you must haven't seen, seen it yet. Okay. Because I was, I saw what he did, and I was like, "How would that have ended any other way but with an RKO?" So to get back to my review, it ended with an RKO. And it was so sick. then, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I don't like that man, but he is very creative about how he gets you in that finishing move. So he puts Ray back. Oh, while all this is going on, he has been tearing at Ray's mask in order to get it all the way off and show his face. Like we haven't already seen his face. Just go with it. So back in the ring, he finishes um, Ray Mysterio with another RKO. He wins the match. He does something else that made raise mask fly all the way oh he put his head in the chair and then and then he ran it into the turnbuckle and when it did the bounce back of it knocked ray down and ray's mask came off and the whole crowd gasped (laughs) 
Rey Mysterio quite oh. showing as a part of the SmackDown men's team this past Sunday. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Sunday. Uh-oh, look about the 619, and Randy Orton wisely gets out of the way. Orton saw it coming. Yeah, Mysterio oh. was able to stop his own momentum when he saw Randy move. Better and experience, great ring awareness by one of the best high flyers to ever do it. And Mysterio again, sending Orton into the ropes for a third time. Dialing up, 619. That could be the beginning of the end for Randy Orton. Down goes the Viper, but Orton very wisely rolled to the outside. Oh, and Mysterio not letting up. Baseball slide right to the midsection, felling Orton on the outside. Rey Mysterio starting to move. Did Randy Orton pull that off? Uh, that might have been the single most sudden RKO I have ever seen. And now Randy Orton is trying to muscle Rey Mysterio's. Rey's lifeless right now. Rey's out. Rey is knocked out. And now Randy Orton tossing him inside to close out this match. Or maybe only academic at this point. Uh, oh, I don't well, know if Randy's finished. I don't even know if Ray's think, uh, Randy is thinking about ending this match. Oh, my God. RKO! More punishment, more disrespect, and now Orton decides to end it. Here is your winner, Randy Orton! Mysterio fought valiantly, as always, night after night, but tonight the attack of the Viper was just too much. With a steel chair around the face of Mysterio. Oh my god. No, 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 no. Oh, into the oh. post. Oh my god, no. Holding up the mask as if it as if it's a memento. It's a trophy. This is the ultimate humiliation for a man like Rey Mysterio. It's the ultimate the goal. The ultimate source of satisfaction for one of the most sadistic men to ever step foot in a ring. I think it busted Ray open. Or he had a capsule because there was blood. They were putting the gloves on when they were checking him. He had blood all on his arms and stuff. He had blood on his arms, so his elbow was for real, for definitely bleeding. I don't know about the rest. Well, they put but, a towel over his head, so they at least played it up. His mask wasn't there, I don't think. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go. I'm pretty sure that was because the mask wasn't there. Because the way that the mask fell off, the camera didn't actually catch his face, but it was clear that he had didn't have the mask anymore. So, Russ's name picks up the mask and is walking back up the ramp, happy that he has, you know, taken the mask of a luchador. So, the medics come in, cover his face, I'm presuming because he didn't have the mask, and then they put the clubs on to get ready to, like, help him up. The crowd is shook because even though Ray has been without his mask before, we like to act like that didn't happen. You as a luchador need your mask. That is just the rules of, of engagement. So, yeah, it was a very shocking day on SmackDown. Not interesting, but shocking, at least. Yeah, yeah.
This was a slightly better show than Raw. It's always better than Raw, <laughs> but it wasn't good. No, it wasn't it as wasn't good, excellent actually. as it has been the weeks leading up to Survivor Series. It's just one of those things where they're just burned out after the pay-per-view, so they're just trying to get by. Yeah. Well, you can help the CSPN get by by supporting our sponsors. So please head over to CSPN.us, click on the Keep Our Podcast tab at the top of the page, and support our sponsors from Audible to uh, Wink Wine, Blue Apron, Amazon.com, Adam and Eve as well. So it's the holiday season. There's, you know, a lot of gifts to be bought. So please go through CSPN.us before you do any of your purchases, especially if you're buying things off of Amazon. Some of your purchases can come back here to the CSPN. If you're trying to get some naughty novelties, spice up action in the bedroom, go through CSPN and Adam and Eve. Uh, some of your purchase comes back if you, you know, are into books and need some new material to take on these long road trips. If you're traveling for Thanksgiving and Christmas, then head over to Audible get you some, you know, audible books that you can download onto your device to listen to. So there's a lot of things to choose from over on CSPN.us. Please support our sponsors to help keep our podcast free. So our last review will take place. It will be the NXT takeover that took place this past Saturday night. The bro Matt Riddle arrives. Riddle says that he's not scheduled for a match, but he has an issue with Cassius Ono who interrupted him on the pre-show. They aren't supposed to face off until Wednesday, but he's ready to knock out Ono right now. Cassius Ono arrives and says Riddle isn't ready. So we get an impromptu match, Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. Riddle hits the final flash knee strike and he pins Cassius Ono in six seconds. Boom. Over with. Done. Now, Didi, did you happen to see this on Saturday night, or were you out no, partying? No, I missed it. I wasn't partying, but I missed it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Riddle is like the newest, brightest, shiniest toy in NXT. Um, he uh, used to be in the UFC, so he's got legit, you know, fighting skills. But he has one, um, one thing that he doesn't can't seem to shake. He really likes to smoke weed. So he got kicked out of the UFC <laughs> for failing drug tests. And so now he's here in WWE. So he's really good. Um, there is a match between him and Minoru Suzuki that took place during WrestleMania weekend. It was like a, a striking match. So it was like basically they were in a ring. It was just like a mat with no ropes. And they were just, you know, going back and forth, like really hitting each other and kicking each other. Really cool stuff. So his future is so, so bright. He was like probably the biggest indie star out there right now that wasn't signed by a major company. So now he's in NXT and uh, the sky's the limit for this dude. He's he's going to go far. Next up, we had Shayna Baszler versus Kari Sane. NXT women's title. Best two out of three falls match. The friends of Shayna Baszler, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir arrive and they post Kari Sane. They roll her back in, and Shayna Baszler chokes, chokes out Kari Singh to win their first fall. Both women work to the apron, and Kari Singh connects with this spike DDT to Shayna Baszler. <laughs> and oh my God, 
for a second, I thought it was get the stretcher because, man, Shayna Baszler landed squaw on the top of her head and wasn't really moving there for a second. But she kind of got herself together. So Kari Singh goes up top, and she flies in with the insane elbow drop to all three women on the outside. Back in, Kari hits another insane elbow drop to even things up at one fall apiece. Saphir and Duke look to get involved again, but this time Dakota Kai arrives and she attacks them. They cut Dakota Kai off, but Io Shirai arrives and she hits one of the most gorgeous moonsaults you will ever see and wipes everybody out. Kari hits another insane elbow, but when she makes the landing, Baszler cradles her up into like a crucifix. Mm-hmm. Pin and Shayna Baszler retains the title. This match was fast. It it was fun. And it was really good. They've had like one, two, they've had about five matches against each other in high profile uh, occasions. And each one has been different. So it mm. is awesome between these two. They got really good chemistry. And now they've set it up for like a six woman tag. Between that's all I ever wanted <laughs> with Dakota Kai and Io Shirai helping out Kari versus Shafir, Duke, and Baszler. So that definitely has a lot of potential. Um, that moonsault by Io Shirai, man, the rotation it, it looked like just a perfect crescent. It, it was so good. We have Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black. Johnny Gargano blocks the black mass into a cradle for a two count. The Gargano escape follows, and he has Aleister Black trapped in the center of the ring, yelling that he's the hero. <laughs> Aleister Black escapes. We get a knee strike by Aleister Black, and he drops the knee pad, and he gets another knee. The Black Mask connects. Black holds Johnny Gargano up, and he hits another Black Mask, and that puts Johnny Gargano away. Oh, man, this match was really good. They were really striking the hell out of each other with knees and and, and, and punches, kicks. Um, This was probably my match of the night for this uh, show right here. This was damn good. Next up, we have the NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa, facing off against the Hollywood Velveteen Dream. As Velveteen Dream comes out dressed like Hollywood Hogan. Uh, Ciampa hits the draping DDT for a two count. Ciampa pulls up the mats on the floor and he looks for another draping DDT, but Dream fights him off and they crash over the announce table. Now, DD, you will appreciate this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're right there by the feet of the announcers, right? And Mauro Ronaldo's mm-hmm. like, Tommaso Ciampa, he's so foul. What a, you know, ruthless individual. And blah, blah, blah. He's kind of bad mouthing him. So Ciampa gets mm-hmm. up, he yells something at him, and he starts throwing shit at Mara Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dream hits the rolling Dream Valley driver on the floor, and we get a purple rainmaker on back in the ring, and Ciampa kicks out. Dream goes for another purple rainmaker uh, while Ciampa is, is like, he's kind of on the apron kind of dangling off the apron so uh, he's going to go for another purple rainmaker Velveteen Dream is but Ciampa moves out of their way and the dream crashes and burns onto the exposed floor Ciampa then hits the draping DDT on the steel 
in between the rings, the two rings uh, on the war games, and then he puts the Velveteen Dream away and gets the win. Hmm. Oh, this was good. This was real good. Um, it, it it was hard to you know everybody. Of course, going into it, nobody thought Velveteen Dream was going to win, but man, he got <laughs> damn close with that uh, that Death Valley Driver and then the Purple Rainmaker. Um, mm-hmm. He starts going through doing like uh, straight up everybody stuff. He does like leg drops from Hogan, figure four from Flair. He does the figure four on the ring post, Bret Hart. Like Velveteen Dream is just like running through all his favorite wrestlers' moves at one point in this match. It was really cool. Mm-mm. Then we move on to the main event of the evening the War Raiders, Pete Dunn and Ricochet versus the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, baby, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly in War Games, the match beyond. Ricochet is on top of the cage, and he hits a double rotation moonsault Hmm. onto everybody. So all the guys slowly make it to their feet, and we have a standoff. They start to brawl in between the rings, going crazy fists, and they spill back into the rings. Raymond Rowe hits a big knee strike, and the fallout connects to Bobby Fish. But Kyle O'Reilly makes the save. Hanson hits a handspring back elbow. Ricochet then does a double springboard into a moonsault. Cole hits the last shot on Pete Dunne, and Pete Dunne kicks out. Pete Dunne fights back. He hits the bitter end. And then Ricochet hits the 630, and they both pin Adam Cole as the <laughs> War Raiders, Pete Dunn, and Ricochet are the winners. Yay! Uh, this match had everything. The Undisputed Era had their own chairs with their own logo on them. They had steel chairs with <laughs> Undisputed Era logo on the seat. Uh, they had all kinds of tables and things in this match. I mean, it, it was it was sick. It was sick. But yeah, the highlight of the match for sure is Ricochet doing that double moonsault off of the cage. I think I saw a video of that. Yeah. He, he did it so far that he basically like went past everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the artist known as Kalisto now did one of these in his indie days and almost killed himself. Oh no. Yeah, so... This isn't a very easy move to pull off. Uh, definitely not an easy move to pull off when you're standing on top of a freaking gauge. But Ricochet is the man, and he makes very difficult things look very easy. Um, Again, take over the gym of the weekend, as it always is. Another classic. Some people are maybe calling this uh, the best takeover ever, or they're at least calling it the second best takeover this year. A lot of people are still talking about TakeOver New Orleans uh, from WrestleMania Mm. weekend. So these are probably the top two TakeOvers of the year, the War Games and TakeOver New Orleans. Um, Really good stuff, really fun, um, as NXT TakeOvers always are. So I enjoyed it. It's a 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10 for me. So, And that was the week that was in WWE for, you know, this week leading up to Thanksgiving. So, um. They're going to have a house show that they call Starcade on Saturday night. And then the following Sunday at 8 o'clock, 
is they're going to have basically a one hour version of that show on the WWE network. Um, there's a steel cage match between Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. There's supposed to be a concert between Elias and Ric Flair. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to be, but okay. And uh, th- there's like four or five matches that they had um, for the card, and we'll probably get three of them um, to make up this hour special on Sunday at 8 p.m. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, see what that is and how it plays out. I think what this is, is I've heard that they're trying to figure out like a tier system. Mm-hmm. So you'll have like a nine ninety nine version of the network that gets you this. And then you'll have like a twelve ninety nine version that gets you something else. You have like a fourteen ninety nine version that gets you like everything. And I mm-hmm. think that they're going to start trying to do these tape some of these house shows and and view and air them on a network as like that second tier mm. for that mm. 12.99 you get you know these house shows and blah, blah 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 so i think that's coming around the bend real soon for wwe network and i think this is the first experiment with what type of viewership can we get through you know these high profile house shows mm-hmm so, Ms. Didi Jonay, was there anything interesting that you saw on uh, Impact last week that you would like to talk about? Uh, uh, was Allie uh-huh. is now under the spell, if you will, of what's her name? Sue Young? Yes, Sue Young. So now Allie comes out and she has makeup on half her face, the lower half very zombie like her black friend with the Hulk Hogan hair Akira Hogan tried, yes tried to rescue her and Allie well, didn't want to go and so Young put the boots to Miss Hogan and yeah it's very sad yeah the, the impact has really made it difficult for me now since they moved it from 8 on Thursdays to 10 which is like the time to re-record so yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't record set up where my TV is, so I can't even mm-hmm. just have it like on to kind of look up from time to time. So I have to rely on you to kind of fill me in from week to week. Yeah, that's all I remember. I'm sure other things happen. Moose is in some fight with some man about something. I don't know what, and I don't really care. But is it Moose? Or is it some other black guy? I think it is Moose. Yeah, that's yeah, Moose. I don't know. It's just not that interesting, if I'm honest. All right. So at this, you know how uninteresting they are. They're so uninteresting that they always do like throwback Thursday videos of like when the shit was interesting, and so they keep showing like videos of like AJ Styles and those X Division matches, which were always fucking amazing. So like that's how boring they are. That they take five minutes out of their two-hour show to show you when things weren't terrible. And there you have it, folks. The impact report from none other than Miss Didi Jone. Mm-hmm. So at this time, Miss Didi, give her your shout shout outs and thank yous to all the lovely folks that listen to our program um, each and every week. Shout out to everybody who was on all of the various hashtags. Shout out to people who use hashtags. Shout out to Sam and Greg. Shout out to Greg from Winning Who You Got. Um, Survivor Series edition. 
Shout out to my mama for this Thanksgiving food I'm about to eat, for the nourishment of my body, for Christ and everything my sake. Amen. Amen. That's it. All right. I'd like to thank, like he said, everybody who joined us this week for any of the uh, live tweets, whether it was broadcast, SmackDown Matters, Cast Takeover, the Retrocast, where we watch the, oh, let's talk about that, Dee Dee. The 1998 mm-hmm. Survivor Series Deadly Game. Um, I don't know if you saw that when it aired originally, but what were you? Absolutely your, did. Some of your <laughs> some of your thoughts about watching some of our all time faves in a tournament for the WWE title. Um, I'm gonna be real honest with you, B. I don't remember any of it, <laughs> <laughs> and I watched the whole thing. Yeah, you were there. You were commenting. Yeah, I don't remember none of it. Stop drinking. Yeah, it was really cool to go back and watch that. I, I think that's one of the best Survivor Series they've ever had. That was, if you remember, that's when um, the championship was held up because um, Kane, Undertaker, and Stone Cold kept going around and kept having these no contests. So Vince just basically oh. held the title up. So they had one uh, tournament, a one night tournament. And leading up to this, Mankind was awarded the Hardcore oh, yeah. Championship. From Mr. McMahon, that's how the Hardcore Championship got into things, and so in uh, basically Vince has kind of taken Mankind under his wing. He's cleaned him up, he's given him a haircut, and all this stuff. So that's the reason why Mankind was wrestling in the tuxedo because he, <laughs> he was trying to impress Vince. But anyway, um, I remember because Al Snow was there. I remember right, that. right. So Vince ends up, you know, uh, they screw Stone Cold. Because uh, mm-hmm. the ref gets knocked down. And what happened is earlier on a couple of Raws before the pay-per-view, the same thing happened. Shane runs out, counts the three counts so Stone Cold could get his title rematch. Well, they mm-hmm. play off that. Shane slides in, goes to count the three, stops at two, throws up the middle fingers to Stone Cold. They screw Stone Cold from winning the tournament. Then they screw Mick Foley out of winning the tournament because The Rock puts him in the sharpshooter and Vince is like, ring the bell, ring the bell. Just like they did the year before, or yeah, the year before in 1997, with Shawn Michaels and uh and Bret Hart, and Rock goes corporate, and Rock is your WWE champion, and that's when we got like you know the corporate Rock and all that type of stuff. So it's really fun. And uh, you said you used to have a crush on Al Snow growing up. I I did. I have a crush on a lot of people. I still have a crush on a lot of people. Like. Everybody knows, if you've been paying attention, you should know. I'm in a K-pop mode, so I have a lot of crushes on a lot of Korean people. But don't let that fool you. I still think Elias is amazing. I still would date Big E. Like, I have crushes on everybody. Like, everybody. Like, I think the only person I didn't have a crush on growing up would have been, like, Viscera and Doink the Clown. Like, everybody else could have gotten my attention. They had no love for Big V. Nah, man. It wasn't even that he was big. It was that he was big and black with like platinum hair. Like I was like, "What are you doing?" He was an icon before his time. Bam Bam Bigelow was cute. I'm telling you, like all my taste is like all over the place. I see. I'm all over the place. Yokozuna was cute. You like him because he I, was Samoan. I thought no, I thought he was Japanese growing up. I felt lied to when I realized he was Samoan. <laughs> Like, how dare you lie to me? So, again, thanks to everybody who showed up for the retrocast, cast takeover, and survivor cast. 
Um, thank you to Miss Didi Jonay for joining me on this impromptu version of the WrestleCast right here before Thanksgiving. We wanted to get you guys something out for the holiday so you can have it to travel with or listen to after the holiday. Thank you to everybody who supports the WrestleCast, supports the CSPN. Um, become a patron, y'all. We got some exclusive content over on patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Um, you can hear exclusive pre and post show conversations from the WrestleCast. You can also hear Sam and Quantum Central R talk about Monday Night War era Nitros and Raw as they just posted their third episode of the WrestleCast Red and Black up on Patreon. And you'll also get exclusive podcasts from all of your favorite podcasts here on the CSPN. So exclusive content from Ratchet Ramblings and Newsy Floozies and Crown and Collars and Mama Meets World and Bad and Boozy. So there's something up on Patreon for everybody. Please check it out. It's just $3 a month to gain access to all the exclusive content here on CSPN. Check it out. We put things up at least uh, something at least every two weeks, but we try to do it at least every week. So go over to patreon.com forward slash CSPN media and check those things out. Um, continue to tweet using the hashtag cast a strong style for all my new Japan pro wrestling fans. We're in the middle of the world tag league right now. So there's a bunch of, uh, you know, tournaments as leading up to the final uh, world tag league. I think that's December the 9th. I think that event is going to take place and then we'll be getting ready for wrestle kingdom on January 4th. Without further ado for my SmackDown matters correspondent, Ms. Didi Jonay. I'm your host, Don DeLaRente, and this has been episode 212 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. I don't expect these people to understand this, but this explanation isn't for them. This is for you. Because, you see, Daniel Bryan committed an act of betrayal. That act of betrayal was nearly three years ago when Daniel Bryan stood in front of all these people and announced his retirement. Daniel Bryan realized his mistake. He learned his lesson and he decided to fight. And so he went all across the country and saw all these different doctors and under their recommendations, he spent three hours every single day inside of a hyperbaric chamber. It was meant to speed up the healing process, but it did way, way more than that. It allowed Daniel Bryan the silence and the isolation he needed to meditate on his new mantra, fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you. And it worked. How else would you explain it? How else would you explain the miracle that against all odds, Daniel Bryan returned to the ring? But for these people, it was just a moment. They weren't there for the struggle. They weren't there 
for the pain. They weren't there with the fights with his family over this obsession. They didn't have to endure the psychiatrist and the therapist telling him that he just needed to move on. The only people who moved on were these people. And you can hear it as we speak, as these idiots chant AJ Styles. And so, when the referee was down, you didn't allow Daniel Bryan to give up on his dreams. Daniel Bryan's dreams took over. Daniel Bryan's dreams did what they were programmed to do inside of that hyperbaric chamber. And Daniel Bryan's dreams kicked AJ Styles in the balls. Daniel Bryan's dreams told him to allow Brock Lesnar to beat the weakness out of him and there would be a new emergence after that match. And there has been. You see, the old Daniel Bryan, the Daniel Bryan that these people loved, that Daniel Bryan is dead. The Yes Movement is dead. And all, and all that's left is you. The new Daniel Bryan. The WWE Champion. is that you never, ever give up on your dream, ever, ever, again! Ladies and gentlemen, here is your WWE Champion, the new Daniel Bryan!